and welcome to Minor Rex. Minor Rex, like (laughs) T-Rex. My name is Sarah, and I'm joined by Maureen, Jessica, and David from Reader Services and Reference Services, and we're here to talk to you about my favorite topic, dinosaurs. Ah! I would like to start by uh, reading a little excerpt, if they let me, from one of my favorite dinosaur books, because I think we all have some of our favorite dinosaur books. And this is actually a children's book that I used to read to my son when he was a child, and it's Tyrannosaurus Drip by Julia Donaldson. So with further ado, I will begin to read it. In a prehistoric river in a prehistoric swamp lived a herd of duckbill dinosaurs who liked to stand and chomp. And they hooted up with rivers, and they hooted up with reeds, and they hooted up with bellyfuls of juicy water weeds. And now across the rushy river on the hill the other side lived a mean Tyrannosaurus with his grim and grisly bride. And they shouted up with hunting, and they shouted up with war, and they shouted up with bellyfuls of duckbill dinosaur. But the two Tyrannosauruses, so grisly mean and grim, couldn't catch the duckbill dinosaurs because they couldn't swim. And they muttered, down with water, and they muttered, down with wet. And they muttered, what a shame that bridges aren't invented yet. Now a little compsognathus, but for short we'll call her comp, found a duckbill egg and stole it from the nest beside the swamp. And she swam with it, and ran with it, and murmured, clever me, and won't the baby comps be thrilled with duckbill egg for tea, as she gets stepped on by a T-Rex. Oh no. Not killed, stepped on, just her tail. But she drops the egg. She dropped the egg in terror and went running for her life from that mean Tyrannosaurus and his grim and grisly wife. And the duckbill egg went rolling, and at last it came to rest, and of all the unlikely places, a Tyrannosaurus nest. Now the mother T had great big jaws and great enormous legs, but her brain was rather little, and she couldn't count her eggs. And she sang, Hatch out my terrors with your scaly little tails, your spiky little toothies and your scary little nails. Outhatch babies one and two as perfect as can be, but Mother T was horrified by baby number three. Dun, dun, dun. And she grumbled, he looks weedy, and she grumbled, he looks weak, and she grumbled, what long arms, and look, his mouth is like a beak. He just needs feeding up, said Dad, and gave the babe some meat. The first two gulped and guzzled, but the third refused to eat. And he said, I'm really sorry, and he said, I simply can't, and he said, this meat looks horrible, I'd rather eat a plant. A plant, yelled Mom in horror, and Dad said, get a grip. His sisters found a name for him, Tyrannosaurus Drip. And they shouted, up with hunting, and they shouted, up with war, and they shouted, up with bellyfuls of duckbill dinosaur. But Tyrannosaurus Drip tried hard to sing along, but the others yelled, you silly drip, you've got the words all wrong. For he hooted down with hunting, and he hooted down with war, and he hooted down with bellyfuls of duckbill dinosaur. So if you want to find out what happens next, tune in until the end of the podcast or check out the book from the library and we'll fill you in. What's going to happen to him? Poor little drip. You're quite seriously like the most amazing reader. It's yeah. true. I'm, I was invested. I, I was definitely <laughs> best reading ever. We can like jump into either talking about different kinds of dinosaurs or talking about dinosaur books. I know we were talking... Well, one of the things I love about this book is it does feature a number of lesser-known dinosaurs because everybody knows T-Rex and everybody knows Brachiosaurus or Brontosaurus. Or, and, but most people don't know what a Compsognathus is and many people don't really know for sure what a duckbill dinosaur is. They may have an idea. And so it's really an interesting book to like, get a sense of what some of these animals were like. And if you've seen Jurassic Park, you've probably seen them in passing, but they might not have mentioned the names. 
Although the the compies, they definitely did mention. Mm -hmm. Before we go any further, I would also like to add that the reason we're talking about all these dinosaurs... Drum roll. ...is we're starting summer reading on June 3rd, and our theme library-wide is dinosaurs. And nothing gets librarians more excited in the world than dinosaurs. I can't believe how enthusiastic everybody <laughs> is about this year's summer reading. And so we're going to have a lot of really awesome events and programs and prizes and ways to participate. So let me give a quick overview of what summer reading is going to look like for adults. You can uh, win prizes by reading books as we do it every year. We're also going to have a weekly dinosaur-related trivia question that you can answer at our desks. There's going to be a selfie station where you can get a picture of yourself being chased by a T-Rex or being leered at by a Velociraptor. Mm -hmm. There's also going to be a mosaic where it's going to be kind of a group art project where everybody gets to participate and help us make a dinosaur poster, which is going to be amazing. Lastly, there's um, the prizes, I just want to say, for the reading contest, which is the grand prize, um, is your choice of one of three packages. You can choose the herbivore package, the carnivore package, or the omnivore package. And the herbivore package is a membership to the Chicago Botanic Garden and a Pesci's gift card. The carnivore package is a gift card to Jameson's Steakhouse and <laughs> um, also a gift certificate for cutlery. And then there's the omnivore package is for the Field Museum family membership and a History Center membership. So those are the prizes, and that's summer reading for adults this year. Yeah, I'm truly blown away by all of the different packages that we have this summer. Like, I think that they're absolutely amazing, and I'm kind of sad that we can't actually participate to do that. But um, I'm sure that the patrons hopefully will all really enjoy it. I'm just going to go to the Field Museum and hide out in the corner until closing, and then run around with all the dinosaurs, like, like I do in my dreams. <laughs> well, the Field Museum is actually doing a big thing on dinosaurs this summer, too, because they're welcoming a new pet. I guess it's not really a pet. A new it's, pet. <laughs> it's hanging from the ceiling. A new friend. A new dinosaur. It's going to be larger than Sue the T-Rex. It's the new Spinosaurus, which is a cast from a um, real Spinosaurus skeleton that um, will be hanging from the ceiling in swimming position. And they're doing a number of events for that as well. Fun fact, the Spinosaurus has been one of the most controversial fossils on record because every single time they find something new, it completely changes everything we knew about the Spinosaurus. Like recently, they discovered that the Spinosaurus jaw might actually flex outward to encompass the mouth like it's a, a pelican mouth. So it would breathe in more like water and fish and hold it like a little basket. But that's not proven 100% yet. So it's like... What are we going to find next? The Spinosaurus never disappoints. That's I terrifying. We'll just, I guess we'll just have to clone one and see what happens. Yeah, let's do it. Where are we going to put a Spinosaurus, though? Uh, Joni's office. Oh. <laughs> you could swim in the Lake Michigan right off the cliffs. There we go. There we go. My son's favorite dinosaur was the Spinosaurus, and I remember when he told me that, I'm like, what is a Spinosaurus? I was surprised it wasn't like the T-Rex, and... And he totally converted me to becoming a Spinosaurus fan. They are pretty fearsome. They are actually all theropods, which are part of the Saurischia dinosaur classification, which means lizard-hipped with an H, not lipped, like y'all were saying earlier, lizard-hipped. <laughs> and that is, makes, uh, oh my God, I can't word. There are two 
genres of dinosaur within Saurischia, which is theropods and sauropods. And theropods are all carnivorous dinosaurs with powerful legs and short arms, which include the tyrannosaurs, the raptors, the really weird therizinosaurs, which have long scythe-like claws and they're like on two legs, but they have like really long necks and weird pot bellies. And like they're they're in the, they're in the same family as the carnivores, but they're actually like herbivores. They're creepy looking. And then you have like the sauropods, which are the herbivores, like the brachiosaurus, brontosaurus. Yeah, I, I never remember Diplodocus, what, Diplodocus, and like all them other guys. Um, Everyone wants to say Diplodocus, which is I funny. always want to say Diplodocus, but it's not that. It's literally Diplodocus or something like that. I should know better. <laughs> the library is actually adopting the Diplodocus as the library's unofficial mascot for the summer because it's our initials are DPPL, so it just rolls off the tongue, Diplodocus, and that's what we have. So, what did we name him? Dippy. 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 Dippy He's the Diplodocus. And unlike Dippy, we have the bird-hipped ornithischians. Um, which includes stegosaurs, ankylosaurs, ceratopsians, ornithopods, and the pachycephalosaurs. And that also includes, um, what do we call them, the duckbill dinosaurs? The hadrosaurs. Uh-huh. Those guys are in there. And then, weirdly enough, even though we know that birds have descended from dinosaurs, they're actually not from the bird-hipped dinosaur line. They come from the lizard-hipped dinosaur line. Um, hmm. That's just wild to me. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> Yeah, that is interesting. Like, why would birds come from the lizards? And where did the bird-hipped ones go? I, I don't know. Did they just, like, walk away, become rhinos and stuff like that? Hmm. Do we have any? Do we literally have any more, like, stegosaurs or ankylosaurs that, like, what can we trace them down to in, like, modern times? Are those, like, alligators? Well, I mean, when you look no, at, like... because gators were their own thing. It's true. <laughs> you look at what, like, a triceratops' body was like... You know, it's not all that different from like an elephant or or a hippopotamus or a rhinoceros. So, but they they've never speculated that that's a lineage. No, and, and plus they're thing, reptiles. Yeah, and same thing with like stegosauruses. It's probably not all that different from like an anteater body or something like that, except for they don't have the thagomizers. Um, which, Ooh, by the, the way, the thagomizers. <laughs> I know. I was looking for an end to talk about the thagomizer. <laughs> the thagomizer is the spikes on the tail of the stegosaurus. And that is a name that was coined by um, Gary Larson in the Far Side comic when he was having cavemen look at the stegosaurus, and they said, "We're going to call that the Thagomizer after the late great Thag." So <laughs> that's why they call it that, and that has actually been informally adopted by scientists to be used, and they use that at the Smithsonian and the Dinosaur National Monument and um, in the BBC documentary Planet Dinosaur. So I think it's kind of as official of a term as it's ever going to be. They should just hurry up and make it official. Like, what are they waiting for? What's your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur. I remember when I first started at DPPL, I was harassing everybody by asking them what their favorite dinosaur was. I do recall this. I remember (laughs) this, too. (laughs) I would probably say that my favorite dinosaur is the Velociraptor, except for the fact that the Velociraptor that we all recognized as the velociraptor is actually the utah raptor yeah Uh, the velociraptor is the size of a dog it's much smaller whereas the utah raptor is actually like the size that we see in jurassic park they're also like all feathered like they're not 
lizardy like we see in these outdated movies that I love and adore, but recognize our flawed. <laughs> Aw. Big sad. I wish Blue did have like feathers like a blue jay, but no. Yeah, why didn't they do that? They did that for some of the other dinosaurs. They were like, oh, these are dinosaurs 2.0. We had more DNA and now we could do it. Well, you had Blue at the same time. Like, why didn't you give her feathers? I love Blue just the way she is. And what, what did they name Baby Blue? Beta. Beta. They should have named her Baby Blue or Blue Cheese or something. <laughs> Maureen's giving me the stink eye. I'm going to call you blue cheese. (laughs) (laughs) The dinosaurs are running away. We're being chased by blue cheese. (laughs) They didn't even invent cheese until much after the dinosaurs. Unfortunately for them, they were born in the modern age. (laughs) It's interesting how, like, we all know who blue is. And, like, blue is one of the later creatures from the recent Jurassic World movies. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, you guys were talking about the Jurassic Park movies being so good, and the, those ones are not They're so good. Yet best. we all love Blue. Well, it's like Blue like satisfies our need to like connect with and touch a dinosaur. It's just like, oh, she's like connecting. She's vibing. She's like, oh, I see you, human, even though you ain't got no teeth or nothing like that. She's like, we're going to team up, and we're going to take out. He's posers. Okay. I feel so, like Blue's also just the one that has a name. It's true. And like, yeah. so they make sure that the audience can connect to that character, whereas that's not really true with any of the other dinosaurs in the entire series. With maybe the exception of T-Rex. What did they call her? I know they mentioned, they named her in Camp Cretaceous. And I know in Camp Cretaceous, which is the animated series on Netflix, their pet Stegosaurus or Ankylosaurus is named Bumpy. So, like, that dinosaur has a name, too. But I think they named the T-Rex, like, Chompy or something. Rexy is the colloquial nickname for the T-Rex that appears in the franchise. Oh, Rexy. Oh, now I'm... Like, season three, there's, like, a Mama Rex and her daughter and their besties, and it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Oh. <laughs> so I, I just want to make the argument that the Jurassic World movies, the later ones that are after the Jurassic Park movies are still very good movies. They get a lot of unfair, and when I say unfair, I'm looking at you people who are saying that it wasn't as good, because they're compared to the first three, which were great. They're they're probably not as good, but they would be, on their own, they would be amazing. I see the point that the stories get kind of redundant, because it's kind of the same story six times. But it's still great every time, and we love Blue. I actually am in the minority where I actually like the newer ones better than the old ones, because I found the old ones to be super terrifying, and I still have nightmares <laughs> about dinosaurs and like, and it's all because of Jurassic Park, um, like the first original series. So I actually liked the later ones because they weren't as scary, and I think it's partly because it's CGI, and so like your brain knows something is like slightly off. Whereas they used actual like puppets and people in the puppets and stuff, which and CGI. made it so and CGI, but like, yeah. um, so it made everything seem more real in yeah. a way and. The movements and stuff um, was also more realistic because they were putting that together, and that also made it more terrifying. So you should be glad you weren't actually on set when I they filmed cried. that. I would have uh, cried because the T Rex occasionally malfunctions due to the amount of rain on set, and yeah. it would like set itself on fire. It would spark, and it would start moving. Like people had nightmares. Like literally, the other like crazy factoid about oh, the Jurassic no. Park movie is that when the two kids are in the jeep. And they're being like hunted by the T Rex. The glass ceiling on top of the Jeep was not supposed to fall. 
when the, the when the the animatronic like hit the the ceiling, it like knocked it inward, and so they were genuinely screaming out of fear because they thought it was going to shatter. Oh, that is terrifying. Not to mention the T Rex in front of you is going to be scary, regardless of whether or not you know it's fake. Yeah, can you tell us my special interest? I can tell. <laughs> what other dinosaur movies are there that you guys have seen that you've enjoyed? So I don't really like dinosaurs, and I don't know, maybe Jurassic Park it ruined it for me a little bit, um, but I mean, I really liked the, I was going to call it the Littlefoot movie, and Maureen was kind enough to tell me that it's lame before time, mm-hmm. um, so, um, but I did like those, and I watched a lot of those, um, but I also really like The Good Dinosaur, which I know is like not a great movie. It was cute. It was cute. I also like the graphics, the art, you know, like the style of how they put everything together, and controversially i'll say i like ice age um with I mean, the, the first ice stuff, age was, was great yeah i mean after that kind of after but, like the fifth know. movie i was like please when are we done <laughs> so i was definitely like a land before time kid and the first mm-hmm. one is a steven spielberg movie which a lot of people don't know but that is why it's so good it's really good it's also really really sad though because yeah. it's a bunch of little kiddos going through a rough time which is pangea breaking up but then they expanded the series and later they become more like musicals as they go along. But I, w- I think we watched up to like eight. And I think there's maybe like 15. And most of them. There's 20. <laughs> most of them are on Netflix now. Are um, they really? Yeah. And they even invented like another new dinosaur who I don't know her name, but she's pink. Huh. I have no idea. All I know is that at one point in my life, I watched like a 20 minute, 30 minute video where this one YouTuber ranks all of the Land Before Time <laughs> videos from best to worst. And it was like. The first one being the best, the like 16th one being the second best, and then like so on, random, random order. See, I like it when Chomper comes along, because he's a baby T-Rex. Aww. He's cute. Friends for dinner. (laughs) Yeah, that's his whole thing. They don't shy away from the fact that he is a T-Rex and could eat all of his other friends that he just met. But he wants to have them over. I know. (laughs) For lunch. For a gathering. (laughs) Not to eat. Not to eat. Hmm. Things are turning dark. <laughs> Is this the moment where you do your joke? I don't know. It's kind of a well-known joke, but... You should do know. it. <laughs> so why can T-Rexes not do push-ups? Why not? Because they're extinct. Oh, no. Right. What was the other version of it? Because <laughs> they're dead. No! <laughs> It's the same thing, but the other one feels harsher. A little. Yeah, because they're dead. Why can't they do push-ups? Because they're chickens now. (laughs) Also delicious. I don't think chickens can can do push-ups either. No. They never learn that skill. At least it's not because they're dead. (laughs) The only other... I, I never watched Land Before Time. I'm rather embarrassed to admit in this room, but... Speaking of lands and before, I used to watch Land of the Lost, the old TV show. I love that show. And I loved that show, too, um, which I just learned today was based on a comic book, which is interesting. And there's also a movie based on it with Will Ferrell, so there's that as well. The Slee Stack are my favorite. Mm. They aren't dinosaurs, but they might as well be dinosaur people. Mm. Those are the alien yeah. people. Okay. Creepy as hell. All right. So, um, did anybody here see the movie 65? I did. Shockingly. What did you think of it? Well, Adam Driver is cute. 
He's always my fave. Mm-hmm. But as a dinosaur fan, it was a lot of dinocide. It was like nonstop dinosaurs dying or dinosaurs going after Adam Driver and his little child sidekick person. And they should have died. Like, not going to lie, they should have died within the first 10 minutes of the movie. And that was like basically the energy of the whole movie. They should have died, but they're still alive. And then a dinosaur dies. Hooray! Not hooray. I was very sad. Well, I saw the trailer for that when they were promoting it. And they're promoting it pretty heavily in the trailers and the theaters before it. And it looked awesome. And so I really wanted to go see it. And I really liked the premise. I think the whole idea of it, it was really an interesting idea. And um, then it sort of flopped in the theater. So, But it is coming out on video this summer. So we will have it here at the library, which you can check out and take home and watch on your own TV and let us know if you liked it. I will say, even though I sound salty, it was a fun movie. Yeah. Every single time I'm like, oh my God, how did they escape that? Or like there was even a few jump scares. So it was like a fun sci-fi movie. I mean, just because I'm a salty dinosaur fan, that's sad that the dinosaurs are dying. Yeah. Just, just don't listen to me. Well, if the dinosaurs win, I think more people would complain about the movie. Why can't See, the dinosaurs I want win? The di- well, I mean, that's what Jurassic Park's about. The dinosaurs win. That bad people are eaten, that dinosaurs get freedom, and all the good people fly away. And the end. Then we have the next iteration. Yeah, until they bring <laughs> the T-Rex to America. <laughs> so is Jurassic Park social commentary? Is that what you're saying? Are we that's what my therapist said one year. <laughs> She's like, why is Jurassic Park your favorite movie? I'm like, I don't know. I like the dinosaurs. They get to do whatever they want. And she's like, wow, that sounds like a metaphor for something. (laughs) And I mean, I guess it is. I mean, they basically triumph against people who are trying to control them. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel that. Yeah. Triumph against all uh, methods of oppression. Yeah. I guess we're going to have to become dinosaurs now. That was one of the questions I was going to ask in this podcast is like, why do dinosaurs have such an amazing sort of mystique to them that people are just captivated? I mean, and part of it is the mystery of like their extinction and their annihilation. And part of it is like how disturbingly wild they were. I mean, you were talking about the scythe-like claws and things yeah. like that and the spikes on their tails and just the things that they could do to each other. Just imagine that world. And then the things you don't think about, like... They were on dominant species for much longer than humans have been. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of crazy to think about like how long they were here and what they did. I feel like it's a good example of like cosmic awe. Yeah. Because that's the way I kind of feel when I'm like at the aquarium and I'm next to the beluga whales. They're just so big that you can't possibly fathom like creatures being that size until you're directly right next to them. And I think with dinosaurs, they're even more massive than even a beluga whale. Hmm. So, like, trying to picture and, like, project yourself in the same room as, like, Sue or the new Spinosaurus or even, you said, Maximo, the really big guy. Yeah. Even standing next to fake or, like, not fake, but, like, reconstructions of their bones, it's still not enough. Yeah. Yeah. And plus our reptiles now are so different than dinosaurs. Because, like, if you think of what from the Jurassic era still kind of exists, like, maybe crocodiles or gathers of some variety. What was that one I was telling you about? Was it Costa Rican? There was a Costa Rican crocodile, I think. Yeah. And that thing runs on four legs. It runs. It doesn't even, it doesn't, like, just saunter around. It gallops. It, it gallops. It's terrifying. 
And oh, I okay. love it. Alligators and crocodiles are actually surprisingly fast. Oh, yeah. 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 And Komodo dragons are very dinosaur-like. Yeah. They're also very toxic. Listen, Their spit has a lot of garbage in it. They're wonderful creatures. Oh, yeah, they're wonderful. But I'm saying they, they're not, like, toxic like Britney Spears. They've got, like, actual bacterial in their, their saliva. <laughs> are we going to get sued by Britney Spears after this podcast? We're no. <laughs> Taste of a dinosaur. That's what the T Rex says. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know, the dinosaurs actually, well, they became extinct due to the asteroid, obviously. But reptiles didn't rise up as the dominant species simply because of fungi and what happened with the temperature on the planet once the asteroid hit. Because our body temperature is like, what is it? 96.8. It's 98. a very 98.6. It, we have a very precise and perfect body temperature that allows us to keep cool but also keep fungi out. And the reptiles were just not able to cope with this new um, fungal environment. Whereas the mammals, because we had that development, we were able to overcome that and become the dominant species which I always find fascinating, especially since we face climate change now mm-hmm. and we're experiencing the rise in temperatures. And people all over the planet are experiencing fungal infections at rates in which we've never seen before. And we're actually seeing the mass extinction of frogs and other amphibians too, which is really, really sad. Yeah. Sorry, this got dark. <laughs> Someone <laughs> saved this. I went on a dark rant. I just read the climate book by Greta Thunberg, so I don't want to even get oh, into God. climate change. Yeah. That was also very dark. But Bring the dinosaurs back. That's the cure. That is not the cure. <laughs> okay, if you could bring any dinosaur back, which one would you bring back? Pterodactyl. That's Whoa. the most terrifying option. <laughs> I just love the way they fly. They've they got the great wingspan. Huge. <laughs> they're huge, but Summer they're beautiful. Huge. Yeah. They could just like... <laughs> Yeah, let's fly in and eat you. At least you got a chance against the bipedal ones. See, I would no, bring back don't. something. <laughs> I bring back something kind of terrifying, which would be the triceratops, just because of how large they are. Like, sure, they're herbivores, but they can still gore you. I will train it and learn how to ride it and make it my best friend. Sounds like I don't know if that's gonna work very well. But how do you know? It's a triceratops. People pet rhinos all the time. What's the difference? I would say all the time. Uh, (laughs) All the time. People also have been petting bison at the national parks and getting gored. So um, they they could go poorly. Well, that was their fault. They should not pet the bison. Do not do it. Don't pet the triceratops. Please (laughs) do not pet the triceratops. But I am also Sarah. We are bonded by name. (laughs) (laughs) Also the velociraptors. Yeah. That's a stretch. But. Hey! <laughs> Should I finish the story? Yeah. Yeah, let's finish the story. Story time. Where we left off, poor Tyrannosaurus Drip tried hard to sing along, but he didn't fit in in his family. Mm-mm. So, Drip's sisters soon grew big enough to hunt with Dad and Mom. But they turned on Drip and told him, You're not fierce enough to come. And he cried, they've gone without me. And he cried, a lack of day. And he cried, this doesn't feel like home. I'm going to run away. Oh. So he ran off to the river where he saw a lovely sight. A herd of duckbill dinosaurs all hooting with delight. And they hooted up with rivers. And they hooted up with reeds. And they hooted up with bellyfuls of juicy water weeds. And as he stood there on a bank, a sudden urge took hold of him. 
he jumped into the water and he discovered he could swim. And the duckbills came to greet him by the rushy river's edge, and they hooted, nice to see you, and they hooted, have some veg. <laughs> and Drip, who was delighted that they hadn't run away, ate bellyfuls of waterweeds and played with them all day. Then he gazed into the river and he asked them, who, oh, who is that creature in the water? And they laughed and said, it's you. He's looking at his reflection. Aww. That night the lightning crackled and a storm blew down a tree. It fell across the river and the tees cried out, yippee! And they shouted, up with hunting! And they shouted, up with war! And they shouted, up with bellyfuls of duckbill dinosaur! No! Drip's sister stepped onto the bridge and began to frown, for there in front of them stood Drip who yelled, look out, look down! So they looked into the water and they each let out a yelp, and they, one cried, water monsters! And the other one cried, help! Because <laughs> they saw the reflection. The mother scolded nonsense and she joined them on the tree, but she looked into the water and exclaimed, Goodness gracious me! The three of them stood trembling, and Dad said, Get a grip! You're all just as drippy as Tyrannosaurus drip. He strode onto the bridge and scoffed, I bet there's nothing there. Then he looked into the water, and he jumped into the air. And how the duckbills hooted when he landed with a crash. Their tree bridge broke, and the four Tyrannosauruses went splash. And spluttering and clinging to the branch of the tree, they went whooshing down a waterfall all the way to the sea. And the duckbills hooted happily. They hooted hip, hip, hip. Hooray for the heroic one only duckbill drip. Aww, yay. <laughs> so cute. That is. You know, David's a vegan. This this book seems very, very pro-vegan. <laughs> Why does everyone bring up my vegan podcast? <laughs> I did do that last time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking about chefs. So. I mean, to be fair, I'm also a vegetarian, so yeah, like... That's okay. <laughs> Although I do feel a little bit of like camaraderie when he says, up with veg! Up with veg! Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that why it's your favorite book? <laughs> no, but it does have like a moral to it, which I think was nice when I was reading it to my son when he was little. And, yeah. you know, it talks about, you know, bullies and life and belonging, things like that. So My heart. Oh, I loved so. it. So what have we forgotten to talk about in our podcast today that we normally would want to touch on in terms of dinosaurs, summer reading. We didn't talk about any of the other summer reading clubs that might impact some of you or your family. Um, there are separate summer reading events for youth as well as teens. The youth events for, are for up through 8th grade, and the teen events are from 7th grade through 12th grade. Everything goes from June 3rd until July 30th. And so that's when you come to the library and participate. And so hopefully we'll all see you here playing with our dinosaurs. I also want to just quickly mention that we also, um, last year we did an egg drop contest. And this year we're doing egg drop contest again, but dinosaur edition. So Yay. it's going to be a roaring great time. Oh my God. I, know. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of similar to last year where you get to design, build, and then a librarian or library staff will drop the made contraption, and I'm really excited about it because the trophies this year, mm, they are They're amazing. so cute. They are very cute. So basically, this dinosaur edition is like last year, but this year I wear a dinosaur onesie, and I sneak through the stacks with a carton of eggs, targeting the patrons. Pew, throwing an egg. Pew, throwing an egg. I see David throwing an egg. <laughs> I think there's better things to do while you're here. Oh, no. <laughs> He's making a face um, at me. One <laughs> other event that we're having, too, is we're doing a trivia event on June 23rd. That is um, 
going to be themed on several things, but it's mostly going to be dinosaur themed. So I hope people will come and participate on that. There's a lot of dinosaur trivia that'll be a lot of fun, and we'll learn them some things and laugh hopefully too. Huzzah! We've also got the LGBT Rex Pride Party. I think it's the second to last Friday of June, but don't hold me to it. There'll be pizza, there'll be a dinosaur craft, and we'll be watching the Jurassic Park movie, the original one. And that's for teens. Teens. Yep. All right. Well, thank you all. This was great. Tune in next time. Glad y'all showed up. (laughs) Peace.